morning. Welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdot. C70 the Bat at C70 on Twitter with me. It's always Alan Medlock, Red Dirt Redbird, A Medlock 1 on the Twitter's coming to you Saturday morning after the Cardinals have again struggled with the Phillies. Um, gotta be tough. Alan, it's, it's a little bit weird, right? We started this calendar week on Sunday with Adam Wainwright and Zach Wheeler and the Cardinals getting shut out. And here we are, you know, Friday at the end of the week, basically seeing exactly the same thing. Um, it's always frustrating to lose to the same pitcher twice in a close period, period of time. isn't it. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I was wondering about that. Cause whenever we saw the matchups, I was pretty fired up to uh, last night to, to think that that may, uh, it may flip from last Sunday's uh, turn of events, but uh, you know, Wainwright did his job. They just still can't score. I mean, I give Wheeler a lot of credit. I mean, he, he limited uh, the hits to, you know, like we were talking before the show, most of them were two outs and, you know, could very rarely get rallies going, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, the Phillies are playing really well right now. And you just get off of a series against the Braves who are feeling playing pretty well right now. And it uh, exposes your weaknesses pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, and it was brought up again. I know I saw Derek Gould mention it yesterday, but it's something I'd thought about this week too. You know, back in, I think it was 2019, when the Cardinals needed pitching, um, there was a chance for them to get Zach Wheeler. Um, it would have cost either Bader or O'Neill, who at the time were, you know, still kind of underproducing. Um, and wasn't straight up. There would have been probably some prospects or whatever to go with it. Given what you know, over the last three years and assuming you could have signed Wheeler to a, a contract that's similar to what the Phillies signed him to. Um, would you have made that either one of those deals? I, you know what? Knee jerk reaction to me would have been no. And maybe that's probably because of what you, uh, you see from, uh, you know, the performances last year. Um, I feel like there's other wheelers out there that you could have probably gotten. And, uh, you know, especially to sign instead of a trade, but, but, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Right now, it looks like that would have been a smart move. But last year, toward the end of the season, it probably wouldn't have been. So, you know, that his name's been uh, knocked around a whole lot, uh, you know, as far as availability and whatnot goes. But, but I mean, he's pitching pretty well right now. And, and uh, it's easy to say, hey, we, we could have done that because we have, you know, what Donovan and, and Yepes are doing right now. But, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and And I'm not so certain that, that – the lineup without Bader and O'Neill right now is part of the reason they're struggling. And that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I don't think I would have done an O'Neill trade. I definitely wouldn't do it in retrospect. We were kind of a little bit hesitant there. Sure. Even in retrospect, boy, I mean, it would be very tough and I don't know that I would, but I would be still been tempted even knowing the future to make that deal with Harris and Bader. I mean, not that Bader has it. You're right. Bader's sure. brought a lot to this and the defense has been great and, I know the Cardinals were always wanting to see that O'Neill Bader 
uh, yeah. Carlson outfield, and it's it did well when you could put him out there. But man, you know, getting a guy like Wheeler is would have been so helpful over the last couple of years to have a guy yeah. that can go seven innings on the regular and and keep you you know one two three runs and maybe it's just because we watch him I'm, I'm watching him and he always dominates cardinals but yeah. you know um you know i think that would have been really interesting now i, I get again why mo didn't do that kind of thing but um i i don't know it would be very interesting to know what this team would have looked like over the last couple of years especially the way adam wainwright has pitched to have a guy to have two guys so durable in the rotation um would have been would have been really helpful um but yeah i mean it's it, it's going to cost and it would have been interesting an interesting counterfactual but uh i i don't, I don't know how i would go with that yeah and you, it's funny too because in the while i was while i was talking i i was thinking in the back of my mind i've i've there were Several years where I thought Bader was probably going to be traded. One, I didn't think he would ever make it to St. Louis just because the, uh, you know, just the name was out there, you know, hot prospect type situation. There was other ones where I thought, well, you know, you do have uh, Carlson and that could make him available. And so it's kind of the flip side to say, well, I wouldn't have traded him now for a Wheeler who's dominated you a couple times. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't, you know, that's just how the game works, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's always interesting. It's, we don't get to hear about trades they could have made very often. You know, we do a lot of speculation and stuff like that. But that one was pretty pretty well reported that, you know, we don't know what else would have gone, but that was something they could have done. And yeah. at a time at, in 19 where they desperately needed pitching, at, you know, um, it seemed like almost a no-brainer to do. Um so it's, it's just interesting to look back. Um, you know, you know, you don't have a 17 game winning streak last year without Harrison Bader. So there's no doubt about that, but yeah, maybe, maybe you don't need one either. So, um, you know, it's just interesting. I mean, we, like I said, watching him, um, over the last couple of this week, uh, do that to the Cardinals makes you wonder the Phillies have kind of had the Cardinals number here <clears throat> and the Cardinals still have two games left to play with them. Um, and this is a time where it's it's been tough. I mean, the Cardinals have struggled for the last, well, basically 10 days, right? Um, just a couple of wins in that span. And we, you and I were talking a little bit beforehand. You know, Milwaukee's had the Cubs, the Pirates, and only kind of split with them, you know? And this is, instead of, you know, making up ground or at least keeping pace, the Cardinals have dropped to three and a half back. Yeah. And it's, you know, this team is better than that it feels like i mean and you and i were saying milwaukee doesn't feel like this you know juggernaut or anything like that this is a team that the cardinals could and should probably beat for the division title and yet things are just going wrong at the wrong times yeah it's uh it's pretty tough because i when you know we asked a couple weeks ago would they be in first place at x amount you know Mm -hmm. at x date and i was like i was pretty confident they would be you know, to, to fall where they have and to play so poorly. I mean, I feel like it started with the Chicago series at home, you know, losing the two or three there, one yeah. being on the Sunday night game, you know, one type situation or the Sunday afternoon game when they blew the five run lead. The, um, um, I don't know. It felt like it, it has kind of started from there to where they've uh, really, it really began to struggle. Uh, 
you it's I don't know why the season seems so early to me still, but I mean we're right up against uh, you know a later than usual All Star break, and yeah. I'm not so certain that it's time to panic, but it is concerning because I, I I'm not convinced that Milwaukee's just that great, mm-hmm. and and it and and time will tell whether they catch him or not, but but it is a little troubling to see some of the same signs we did last year, which makes me think is this just the ebbs and flows about how this Cardinal team will be no matter who they put in anymore, that, uh, you know, sustained success is going to be struggling. It's going to be a struggle, you know, to stay atop of a division. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Um, you know, you hate to think that that's all tied to, I don't know. I was looking at, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Paul Goldschmidt's been sitting on 299 home runs for a long time. Uh, actually, the ten basically that ten, that same time period we're talking about ten days. Um, he's hitting. I mean, he's hitting three twenty four over that span, which is a little bit less than his normal, but he's still, you know, and he's got four doubles. But you know, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't. He hasn't torn it up like he did. You know, for two months, which you can't expect. I'm not not blaming Paul Goldschmidt or anything, but it's interesting. Like, you know, was that the pillar that this team was banded on? Now, you're right. No Bader. No O'Neal. Uh, Tommy Edmonds seems to have fallen off bad enough that I was honestly getting concerned. I was trying to figure out if he was actually still he got hurt and I missed it uh, as many times as he was missing the roster or the lineup or and then, you know, he's slidding down. Um, and it feels like all my role right now is just trying to do anything that'll get some sort of offense going. And so far it hasn't worked. Yeah. And, we, you know, we've seen this. I mean, it's uh, you feel like you get exposed a little bit. I feel like. I feel like Marmol does a lot of lineup jumping more so than we've seen in the past, you know, moving some guys around and stuff like that, which is, which has been exciting. And you know what, this is, I love Yepes and Donovan, but you do kind of wonder, I mean, how much exposure they've seen so far as opposed to what you could probably get out of an O'Neill. I, I, the disappearance of O'Neill is, is a struggle for me. I mean, that's, and we knew that there was injury history and a lot of bad luck and things like that. But I mean, you you had MVP talks during the end of last season to where now you haven't gotten much production out of him at all, even when he's when he is on the field. And that has to be um, that that has to be super detrimental to what the team's goals were. Yeah. And right now they don't have a leadoff hitter. I think yeah. that's a big thing too. We've, we've seen that in the past few years, right? When they don't have somebody that can get on base at the top of the lineup, they struggle. Um, you know, Tommy Edmond, like I said, is he's down, he's hitting like 159. That OPS plus that we've talked about before is getting closer to league average, which um, I guess was kind of to be expected given his history, but you hoped that he'd maybe found something else. Uh, and Brendan Donovan has taken over that leadoff spot, but has struggled well because, and, you know, I was listening to Kyle uh, on the talking about birds podcast. And he made a good point that, you know, besides the fact that a lot of these guys didn't play at all in 2020. And yeah. so then they have to kind of still be building up stamina and stuff. You know, they always have a day off last year. Um, every year, you know, you're in a minor league town. They always have Monday off um, because of the way the schedules are. So they always had at least one day off a week, and they aren't necessarily getting that, especially in the stretch right now where the Cardinals have, you know, it a is lot rough. Of right. That's yes, right. that's a good point. Uh, and the heat and the team, the league kind of figuring. I mean, there's a lot of things, and it's not too surprising that a lineup that's based so heavily on young players that are making their first time around the league might struggle some. 
um, as, as they're kind of, you know, they have to make their adjustments now and we'll see if they can or what they will do. But, you know, until they do, yeah, having guys that, you know, not consistently aren't getting on base ahead of Goldschmidt and Arenado can make this lineup sputter a bit. Yeah, and that, you know, that's a really good point because it's, I kind of, what they've gotten out of Donovan and Yepes has kept them above water, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, kept them afloat, essentially. And it was one of those where it's kind of tough for me to say something because those are two of the better rats in the lineup at some point, you know, at, at points in the season. Right. And that's a good, that's a really good point that Kyle makes, though, is about the rest and something that I had never considered. That, uh, you know, they're getting asked to run out there every day when they really haven't done that much and, you know, almost three calendar years you know mm. that's 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 i had something i had not i hadn't considered yeah yeah i mean you know so far it's not been just absolutely terrible i mean i've pulled up like nolan gorman's in 300 for for uh july in the, in the short amount of time i, I feel like gorman's always going to be that kind of guy that you yeah. know one night he's going to go 0 for 4 and struck out three times, and the next night he's going to hit, you know, two bombs or whatever. I mean, he's just going to kind of go back and forth. Um, but, yeah, some of the other guys are, are struggling a bit. Uh, it seems like Yepes is kind of kind of pulled out of his struggles some. I mean, not that he's just, you know, dominating, but he's he's being a little bit more consistent. Um, again, that's just that's not me looking up any numbers. That's just me. Yeah, no, I agree. Know, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you get this team. You know, having Tyler O'Neill come back, and we thought that he was going to come back last night, and turned out he got hit by a pitch in his rehab, and the wrist is bothering him. And yeah, hope it's just a couple of days, but it's a wrist injury to a power hitter, um, yeah. which is not at all what you wanted to actually hear about. Um, so, I mean, it's not broken. It's just swollen, so he's going to probably be, you know, Monday or Tuesday before he can come back at best. Um, you know, get him in the lineup. Maybe that helps, especially the way he was hitting before he went on the injured list. Um, but, you know, we don't know when Harrison Vader's coming back still, I don't think. Um, and there's just I – don't, I don't know what they do to this lineup. I, you know – the pieces are there. There's nobody on this lineup that you're going to, you know, I think clearly replace or trade for a replacement or anything like that. They've just got to figure out a way to start hitting. Maybe it just means finding some easier teams to play against, but that doesn't necessarily make you feel pretty good about, even if you do win. (laughs) Yeah. Moving forward. So yeah, it's, it seems like we maybe, Maybe this is just baseball now, to where we're always struggling, fi- trying to figure out what's what's going to be available at the deadline, and you know, and and stuff like that. Because it seems like this has been the last five or six years that we've had this conversation, whether that's pitching or the additional bat. I mean, this is a lineup that does have uh, uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado, and and we're still kind of thinking, wow, they're bat short, and that's offense is struggling. Um, it would be interesting to see what what kind of transpires in the next month to see what they go out and, and get. But it does seem like this, we've just had this con- this conversation ad nauseum in the past few yeah. years for something that they're lacking. And, you know, you we every once in a while you think that they're going to play that brand of baseball, which I honestly kind of thought was happening in, you know, a few, you know, two to three weeks ago, that they could probably take the lead in the division and hold on to it for a little while. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, this hasn't happened. And then now you kind of get back to wondering the things that we, some of the questions that we've had, you know, the past several years. Yeah. Yeah. Now this team is going to get a refresh, if you will, over the next week. Um, looking at the updates on injuries here on MLB.com, you know, they're talking about this, you know, even this, maybe this weekend, um, Corey Dickerson coming back, which is not necessarily a help, but he, we'll see how that lasts. Um, Tyler O'Neill coming back. Harrison Bader should be back, they think, before the All-Star break. So that's, you know, that's sometime this week. Yeah. Uh, Steven Matz, I think they've talked about him getting a start before the All-Star break um, comes along. Um, you know, T.J. McFarland, again, not necessarily a help, but is getting close to a return. Sure. Um, you know, if nothing else, it's new faces and fresh faces. I mean, yeah. the people that yeah. have been arrested some. So who knows? You know, it might, you know, maybe that it's not. I don't want to say it's like a trade because it's not, but it's still a little bit of a change in the dynamics and a change in the scenery and a, a change in who's there. Well, so yeah. maybe that helps. So. Well, and yeah, and there was, I mean, this is, I am not beating up the young guys because hey, I'm actually fired up to see how they performed. And that includes mm-hmm. Capel a little bit, but there was a game in Atlanta where they started, they started Capel, Donovan and Yepes in the outfield. Yeah, you know, that's not that's not how they drew it up, you know. So yeah. there's there needs to be bodies that come back. Um, I think there's some skepticism. I'm not sure if I buy into this, but uh, there's some. I feel like Michaelis Pitt is look, looks healthy where he hasn't in the past two years, and I think you're going to get a ton of ground balls like he has done and pitched really well. I think mm-hmm. there's some skepticism that he's going to keep that up. Um, if if you look at it as far as the rotation wise, and they said that they're probably going to be looking at pitching outside of the organization i mean wainwright michaelis you get mats and who am i missing if you could the hudson yeah who's that flaherty Flaherty. well i don't know if i if i'm banking on that too much yeah the thing is if you can get if you can get those four if you know i think the plante i i i don't know i feel like there's a lot of question marks with plante and michaelis I'm not so certain there should be with Michaelis, but what I'm what I'm trying to say is if you get Matt's back, that's a pretty decent four right there. Then Flaherty, yeah. you could I'm not counting on too much, but could happen. And then I feel like if they're at the breaking point with Hudson that they're gonna have to figure that out as well. But that those are some of the questions why I think they may have to go out and get a starter. But in the long term or in the, the in the short term, you think that they can keep their head above water if Matt's can come back and pitch like he's capable of doing. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, of course, that's the questions yeah. too, right? I mean, we didn't, we saw a kind of inconsistent Steven Matz before he got hurt, and now it's been a while. Uh, you know, how long is it going to take him to get into a groove? Because, I mean, he's going to pitch, and then he's going to have the all-star break off. So, um, assuming he comes back, you know, before him. But, yeah, I think, that, I mean, they could, exactly, you know, keep their head, be able to be competitive with what they have. But I don't... Yeah, uh, you know, I agree. I think Michaelis is probably, you know, even if he doesn't pitch at this level the whole year, he's going to be pretty close to it. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily see a particular reason to think he's over his head. Um, and Wainwright, uh, you know, Wainwright pitched a good game last night for sure, and it's, you know, it seems like, um, but he he has it over the last four or five games struggled at times. Yeah. And I just, you got to wonder, 
And I wonder with the pitching staff in general, you know, is this somewhat the impact of Yadier Molina being gone, which is, it is concerning because obviously what Yadier Molina is not going to be around next year. Um, but, you know, everything seems to, except for maybe Michaelis, has seemed to take a step back over the last month. And that may be coincidence, but that is about the time that Yadier Molina went on the injury. Well, and, and that's a good question. The, and not, it, it's kind of funny too, because offensively, you know, we, we, you know, you're going to get out of Molina, which isn't great, but you, you can find who I, but I mean, right now that's a black hole position for them. That, mm-hmm. they, they've really struggled catching. I um, and that's, and you think that that's a really good point. Cause I, not to count on a Molina back coming back, but man, maybe a little bit of leadership could be huge. Well, and that, that's something that I hadn't, hadn't considered on the, uh, you know, in the rotation yeah. front, but it's one of those to where, I mean, they're just a, you know, they're, it's negative production right now as far as, as, uh, you know, leadership and, and <laughs> ability to affect the lineup because it's just not very good. Well, I was about to say, heck, right now, if you bring Yadier Molina's 200 bat back, it's an upgrade. Yeah. Um, because nobody's been able to hit in that position. I was, I was interested to see, I, you know, I didn't expect, we talked maybe a little bit about it a week or two ago, that they'd signed Austin Romine to that minor league contract. I didn't really expect that to be anything more than <laughs> Memphis yeah. steps. Yeah. And then for them to to make that move and send Herrera down to bring up Romine. Yeah. I mean, again, Herrera was not hitting like we would have liked to see, but I would have thought that, you know, the, the big league experience, we've talked about it, right? That well, this was a chance for them to see what they had in Kisner, what they had in Herrera. Um, apparently they didn't necessarily like what they were seeing out of Herrera. Um, and, but you know, then Romine starts what three or four games in a uh, three out of four or something like that. And you wonder, you know, are they planning on playing him? And, and it gets, it just kind of feels like they decided they threw their hands up and said, okay, if we can't get any offense, we'll at least get some sort of defense out of them. Um, I don't know. I just did not see that really coming. Um, as a move and I don't know what I think about it. Yeah. And I mean, it gets the Hudson start right away, you know, Mm -hmm. probably had never worked together and comes right in. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it was pretty telling when Mo said that they were looking for a little bit of offensive kick into the catcher position in the market. Cause I was like, that would have been unheard of to say last year. Well, yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, that's, you, you have to ask this, and these are end up, they could end up being a stupid question, especially for somebody. I mean, I like Kisner, but I mean, what is this doing for his long term outlook with the Cardinals? I mean, I can't imagine it's good. I wouldn't think so. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting, and I'm sure the, the club's going to really evaluate that catcher position this offseason, and they yeah. may decide trying to look outside for a I, catcher. I almost feel like they have to. I mean, and the, if there's if there's a big name out there, I feel like that's probably the direction that would, they would probably lead. Yeah. I mean, it depends if they still think, and and I'm not, I don't think there's any reason they wouldn't that Yvonne Herrera is the catcher of the future. You know, they could get a guy, you know, some sort of veteran on a a one year deal that could maybe be the main guy and let Herrera, you know, learn under him. Um, the DH looms large in that position to me. Yeah. Now that's that's what I was thinking. If you had somebody 
that's where somebody you could make. Well, I don't know. I was going to say you could probably get an older guy, but they're trending so far away from that. I mean, that that may not happen. But go ahead. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's that's fine because you're right. I mean, you know, finding there's not many. If you can find a catcher that's offensively oriented, yeah, at all, like can be, they're gonna they're gonna command at least a two or three year deal, and probably yeah. more than you want to spend. I mean, if you're looking at the one-year deals for catchers, you're looking at the Austin Romines of the world. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you know, I think they're really going to sit down. I do think you're right. I think Andrew Kisner has lost a lot of stock with the front office just because I think if he hadn't, they would have brought Romine up and then just let Kisner start, you know, every yeah. other, you know most of the games. When, when Romine's, yeah, thrown in there immediately it makes you think that they're not overly optimistic about what the bat's going to be at least for Kister, and they may not be that excited about his defense i don't i mean i haven't watched as many games over the last little bit but i didn't necessarily see a lot of bad defense from kisner and herrera saw like at least one play that um herrera let the ball through his legs that really should he really should have blocked yeah but you know, I, I'm not. They seem to be confident behind the plate. I guess is what I'm saying. It may not be. You know, they're not yachty, and nobody is. Um, but they seem to be okay against plates. Now, maybe maybe they're, the the front office sees a little bit better because you know they know a little bit more. But um, but if Kisner's not doing it defensively, he's certainly not doing offensively. So yeah, do you? Is this one of those things where somebody thinks that? they can get something out of him and they trade him in the off season. I don't know, but it does feel like, you know, this, <laughs> and maybe it's because Yachty was there for so long. I don't know, but you know, there was this line of catchers behind him, Carson Kelly, who went to Arizona and had like a good year, but has struggled. Um, you know, then there's Kisner who hasn't ever necessarily put it together at the major league level. And now we've got Herrera and we wonder, there seems to be some question there, although they're still very early to sell, you know, it may be that this whole we thought they, the Cardinals were developing catchers, and they may not have been after all. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I really liked Herrera's game, but I don't know if it's the youth or the guy or the fact that we haven't seen him that uh, that was exciting about him playing. I mm-hmm. think he has some pretty good potential, and it's one of those to where watching major league catchers is so tough because they're so good. You know, the yeah. uh, the, the, the one or two mistakes are, are the ones that stick out so heavily. And I'm trying to think of anything that would stick out in my mind with any of them. And, and you know, you could, you know, not, nothing to nothing to sway me one way or the other on that. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny that it's just become such a black hole. And mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, some of those intangibles, I think, mean a lot more than people want to, want to project. Just because you can just tell they've been a different team without Molina a little bit, you know, yeah. and, and that's you know, have that manager on the field and, you know, it's not lack of competitiveness, but it's just, it's just a new era and it kind of looks weird a little, a little bit. And those are some of the things that I had never considered with the pitching is the fact that he's not back there. So if, and I think it's still 50, 50 in my mind, but if Adam Wainwright does retire next year, Yadi Molina is gone and Albert Pujols for, again, it's, it's a different, a little bit different situation, but still leadership. I mean, what does that look like for this team? I mean, I know that Goldschmidt and Arenado are definitely leaders, and yeah, I don't have any, you know, but it's definitely going to be a different dynamic if if what we're seeing now 
is a little bit of the loss of Yadier Molina. Um, I can't imagine what that void would look like when, you know, all those legends go and you have to try to, you know, build after that. Well, and yeah, you know, I think that in a situation like this, it's easy to think that there's going to be a drop off and there will be, but I think that speaks more to Molina than it does to who else is in the the clubhouse right now. I mean, I just think that he casts such a shadow and those are things that, that, you know, some people want to frown upon that don't exist, but they, they legitimately do exist. And that's, you know, and that's clubhouse culture. Um, you know, though it'll find a way, you know, I, I feel like Edmund probably has a bigger voice than we think. Um, and I'm not saying that as demonstrative as a Molina, but I think that I don't think the drop off will be as much as as we anticipate when we say now we since we've talked about it for the last ten minutes that Molina being out where he's you know physically not where we where he expect not, I don't want to say expect I mean he's pushing forty years old I mean that's yeah. it's uh, you know physically not where he has been in the past to make a difference but you know his voice and demeanor would make a difference we've been singing his praises for five minutes you know those things will find a way I feel like. Uh, I feel like the culture, the Cardinals culture is so big that, that, uh, yeah, it, it, they'll be passing the baton pretty easy. Uh, that being said, I feel like they're a little lost right now, but I mean, they're also in a clubhouse with a bunch of guys that, that, uh, were, we argued last year, whether they would even be on the 40 man this off season. And I think that, that those cracks are starting to show, which it, it makes you feel pretty good about things moving forward about the exposure to the big league time, the big league clubhouse that, some of these younger guys are going to get that we assume are going to play a bigger role moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the benefits of the Cardinal organization is they've built this kind of in designed to be um, seamless culture, right. From yeah. even from minor leagues up. I mean, they know how to do things and, you know, and they do have strong, strong presence. I know that Goldschmidt has you know, we've at least read some stories about how he, you know, he wasn't much of a leader, you know, at least vocally to start with, um, especially when he came over to St. Louis because of Yachty and Wainwright being here, but he's kind of developed into that. I got to feel like Nolan Arnauto is, is passionate enough of a person that we see on the field, at least that he's going to be willing to, you know, lead up, you know, at least make some comments if necessary. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's going to be some. It'll be different, and it may take some adjustments. But the you know the machine will roll on. Um, but yeah, right now it just seems like it's you know a little bit of that transition. And we you know it's kind of funny because they talked about twenty you know twenty twenty two as being this you know this big year of you know maybe a push, but it's really going to turn into that transition year because of all these young guys that have come up and the old guys with the last hurrah. Um, it's it's transition and transition can be rough and ugly at times. Um, and you know, not consistent. And that's what the Cardinals have been right now. Now, again, we're, we're to recorded this on Saturday morning. And by the time we do a next show, the Cardinals might've hit, you know, 300 for that stretch. Just the way baseball works is, you know, about the time you start to wave a white flag or something, that's, that's when they all catch fire. But, um, right now it's, you know, it's been hard to watch this last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little bit frustrating and it's, uh, it's one of those that I, you know, not to jump on something else, but, uh, we just talked about Gallegos last week and he's given up some big hits this week, 
you know, one of those big home yeah. run in Atlanta. And it's one of those just just can't finish guys off. And it's just shows that it, the it shows how finicky a bullpen could truly be. You know, when he yeah. was so locked down last year that now we're seeing him in the middle innings, which I like. I mean, I, I like the aggressiveness of that. But he has been touched up much more this year than in, than in the past. And right. those are things that you kind of look at and think, hey, that's just – that's how it goes. Get through this. You know, maybe load up. Maybe grab somebody and, and, and make a run at it. And they may not be as bad as we perceive them as right now, which I don't think they are. Yeah. I mean, again, every team has some stretch where they don't do well. I mean – Hopefully it's not a very long stretch, but I, I always remember the the story of the I think it was the what the ninety eight Yankees that won one hundred and fourteen games. They started out like one and four, one and five, something like that. You know, I mean it was a sl- small stretch, but they weren't perfect to, to do that. Everybody's going to have something. You just want to try to limit those stretches to being uh, as small as possible. Yeah, um, look no further than Philadelphia. They fired their manager right, this year, right? And you know? now. Apparently should have done it a few games earlier. Yeah. And uh, uh, so they seem to have taken to that. I, I, that's going to be hard, right? If you're Joe Girardi, because, you know, a lot of times they say, you know, people say, well, firing the manager doesn't make any difference. And a lot of times it doesn't. I don't think the angels have taken off since, since no. Joe Madden got fired. But when you see a team that just almost immediately clicks, it's either, it's very, even if it's not the reason, it's very easy to point to that reason as like, that you know Girardi was holding us back um and you know that's that's gotta hurt a little bit I mean you're probably glad that the guys are succeeding but it's also like man you know that 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 doesn't look great for me Uh, yeah well you do wonder about you know we've heard about Girardi leadership for you know 20 some odd years Mm -hmm. and you know he has gone through and burned up two different clubhouses yeah. So you just wonder how demonstrative he may very well be and how much pressure he put on those guys because they sure play now like that pressure valve has been released. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm not so certain a, uh, a manager makes a huge difference on a day-to-day basis, but I do feel like it plays a large part into clubhouse culture. And uh, it seems like he can burn through it pretty easy. That is true. That is true. There is, there is that. Um, so... Maybe. I mean, it, it, he's definitely, it definitely has a role, but you also wonder if, you know, if some of that, as we've talked about um, with the Cardinals, if it's not, you know, they weren't just about to click anyway. Yeah, um, that's true. And it just didn't pan out the way they thought. But anyway, um, yeah, and you're right. That's, boy, that game against, when you're talking about you, uh, Gallegos, that game is so frustrating. You know, you yeah. stretch a claw to get a run and then immediately give it back on a home run. Um, I think it's I think it's pretty interesting that Marmol has, he's definitely gotten away from what we saw, especially with Mike Schilt. You know, you have a lead, it's a 7th, 8th, ninth, or um, something like that. He'll, he'll throw Gallegos in the 7th um, and let Helsley take the last two innings or – He'll, you know, split the last three over those two guys, or sometimes he'll bring in Gallegos even in the sixth if it's necessary. Um, I, I think he, you know, we've talked about it a number of times, but I think he's been a little bit more creative with this team than we've seen in the past. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, you can tell that he's played a little more by the numbers. Um, it jumped some lineups around. Has has not been afraid to go and uh, and uh, 
make those moves early in the game that we mm-hmm. that that we've seen. I mean, it's I understand the Libertor situation with the, you know going the four strong innings, but he threw a ton of pitches and Palante. Right. They seem to try to not to limit him to a couple times through the lineup as well. Um, and that's those things that we have we had started to see the last few years, but he seems to be pretty progressive in those moves. Yeah, yeah. It, it does feel like, and I think he, of course, Schultz did this too. And I think this is probably the, um, the new thing for managers. Yeah, bring a guy in with two outs, because if he gets the out, then you know you're good, and you don't have to worry about the three batter minimum anymore, right? You know, he can come in and start the next inning, and you can take him out after a batter or something like that. Um. I've seen him do that a lot, and I think I saw Schultz do that a number of times where, you know, um, get somebody else in there to, to finish the inning necessarily, and then they may start the next frame. Um, but, yeah, I boy, I mean, I I just don't think there's a whole lot. Of course, you know, I think the first year that we had Mike Schultz, I don't think you and I were complaining much about different things. We thought it was a breath of fresh air, and we were seeing some new stuff, and, of course, that was coming off of Mike Matheny. So, you know, first year honeymoon period, but so far I, you know, I feel like Marmol has definitely been more advanced, more, more modern with things and in his approach. Um, and boy, he's, I think he's more direct with the media than we've seen. Um, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll say when things are bad, um, and things that need to be worked on. Uh, and I, I think it's a little bit interesting to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, just the, uh, it, it, the transitional work of baseball right now is pretty interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you see some bizarre things and and you see a lot of quick moves and you see some some uh, pretty direct speaking. I, I like Marmol. He he's one of those. He seems kind of stoic, but then when he loses his cool, he really loses his cool. <laughs> so <laughs> it's actually been been uh, it's been fun to watch and a little bit refreshing. And and you just kind of wonder. I it, it's funny to watch. Cardinals fans social media because then you can see how quick guys get tired of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when yeah. the, the, the when the changes are made. But but from what I've seen so far, I mean, I like it and it seems to to be in line with the trends we see in baseball all over the game. Yeah. Um Cardinals had a couple of I'm not sure exactly we may come back to some of the on field stuff, but Cardinals had the a couple of ball stars picked this week. I mean, they still have to fill out the rest of the rosters, but Paul Goldschmidt gets elected uh, at first base, which would have been uh, very much of a travesty if he had not given, given how he has played this first half. Um, and then the Cardinal and Albert Pujols gets to go as this legendary figure, uh, which is cool. I think, I think this idea, you know, uh, Miguel Cabrera is going on the other side. I think this is, something that they needed to do. Um, you know, I remember one of my earlier all-star memories um, is, you know, Mike Sch- Schmidt retiring um, and then being elected into the all-star game that, that yeah. year. And he, he didn't play because he, he said, I don't know to play. But I think to be able to honor people like the Wilson Cabrera, who, you know, he, you don't want to use the same guys every year, especially because Cabrera is going to be around for what, another two or three years probably. Yeah, but to have a chance to 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 showcase, you know, truly a legend of the game, uh, even if they're not at the level where they're an all star, I think that's something that the, that the baseball should have probably done a long time ago. 
I agree. I agree. Especially, you know, we, we hear it's a, um, <clears throat> it's an exhibition, you know, let's, let's highlight the game mm-hmm. a little bit more, but they still seem st- stoic on some of the things that they would do. This makes a lot of sense and I'm in full support of it. Um, it, it was funny. I mean, it was easy to see that, uh, that who they would probably pick, you know, and it'd be, it would, would, you know, shoe in two of the better right-handed hitters in history that are still active. You know, that's, uh, you know, those would be the, the moves, but I mean, I, I think this is nothing but good for the game. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I don't know that they'll have this every year though, because there aren't necessarily those players, you know, I mean, uh, you know, if Adam Wainwright pitches next year and I mean, he could be a guy like that maybe, but that's a, obviously a bit of a step down from two, you know, maybe inner circle hall of famers to a guy that could make the yeah. all thing. Um, um, but there's, you know, but it's nice to have that option for, you know, 10 years from now when Mike Trout's, you know, on his way out or something like that, you could, you know, use that for him and things like that. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they did it for maybe some guy that I don't know, has played like 15 years, but hasn't necessarily ever been like, like Oliver Perez. Wouldn't it be interesting to, you know, I mean, he played for what, 16 years or something. I think he's finally retired now, but, uh, or playing, he's playing in Mexico, but you know, a guy that, you know, played forever, never really was. I mean, he probably been an all-star early in his career, but you know, wasn't necessarily a legend or anything like that, but, you know, to highlight that part of the game, a guy that, you know, just continued to play. I it, I don't know if they would ever do it like that, but it would be interesting. Yeah, this, they could play with it, you know, and yeah. you could highlight it and make it fun and make uh, give a lot of more, uh, much more hometown interest if you do that, you know what I mean, for uh, yeah. the team, whoever has them now. But, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm all about that. I mean, that's that's the one thing that they they still – of all the things that baseball is trying to do to uh, – to uh to make it fun again i mean that's i'm all for you know go all in let's do some things that uh bring attention to the game and make sure that it's an exhibition and not so serious and have some fun with it yeah of course knowing baseball here in about three or four years they're gonna slap a sponsor on it and make it a vote for the vote for the legend that makes the all-star team and the end it's gonna be another one of those things yeah they're gonna capitalize on it well yeah yeah that's baseball but you know for right now when it's like an actual commissioner selection or you know at least the at least somebody's making the pick yeah um, like that and you know to be able to do it early enough that you know it can be kind of celebrated even before the rest of the rosters get announced uh which i guess will be sunday Cardinals, like I said, have those two guys. Nolan Arenado lost a close race to um, Manny Machado to start at third base. But, you know, Nolan's going. You got to figure that's going to happen. Um, other than that, I mean, you and I were talking earlier. Ryan Helsley feels like maybe the only other guy that, that goes out of this. What do you think? Yeah, that that would be awesome. The uh, that Those seem like the shoe wins to me. And like I said, we'll... Have they started the vote yet? Will that be Monday? That'll be Sunday and Monday, correct? Yeah. After so. they announce the uh, reserves. Okay. Right. And uh, so, but yeah, I mean, you know me. I'm pretty fired up about the Helsley move altogether if that were to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't, I mean, you could make cases for Miles Michaelis and Adam Wainwright, I think, but I don't know that either one of them have been. Maybe Michaelis would be a little bit more likely, but um, right at the top of the levels. And if your Cardinals are already getting three or four guys, when you're looking at 
you know, trying to balance representation and every team's got to get one and, and how many pitchers are going. I, I just don't think that that's, I think they're probably like, you know, maybe they're worthy, but they're not going to get selected. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it could be, and, and again, all-stars, a lot of times it's like, okay, these guys get hurt or they pitch right before this, the game and yeah. I can't go. And so maybe at that rate you go. Um, but um, cause I think Michaelis will pitch the Saturday, next Saturday when we're there. Uh, if I've worked it out right. Um, so he would still be able to pitch in the game. But uh, so some of those guys might get in as the, you know, second string, if you will. But uh, right now, I think when you look at the initial rosters, that feels like that's all that's going to go, which is a pretty good representation. I mean, sure. I do remember years where the Cardinals have only had like one or maybe two. So if you can get four Cardinals out there, that's that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it, think about a couple of years ago, they had the commissioner, not commissioner's choice, but the, the obligation of the one player with the young. Right. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't that long ago. No. Well, and I still remember in, I think it was 2002, because of it was with Dyer Kyle and stuff, the only Cardinal representative was Matt Morris, and then he was yeah. hurt, couldn't play, and they didn't replace him with the Cardinals. So technically the Cardinals didn't have anybody that was eligible for the game. Yeah. Um, which was frustrating. Sure. Um, but you know, the, you know, that was one of the good things about growing up a Cardinal fan though, right? You, you always knew you had Ozzie Smith yes. out there. Yeah. He was always going to be there. And if you got somebody else like a Langford or, or, uh, you know, a Coleman or whatever, it's great, but you always had Ozzie. So yeah, it was easy to take for granted that there was going to be, you know, yeah. a Cardinal starter. Right. Right. Hadn't been too many of those. Uh, well, since I, and even Albert didn't get, I mean, he started a few, but he didn't get to start as many as you would think, uh, given his his career, right? I, I mean, it, it feels like there was a number of years he started, but there was a few years he didn't. I don't remember who started over him, but, uh, you know, it was like, okay. I mean, it's close. I mean, it's not, it wasn't a bad pick, but it was still yeah. like, for a guy that has turned out to be, you know, like I said, inner circle Hall of Famer, you'd think he'd start every year, and he didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that makes me think of who it was. Um, I'm not gonna look it up, but you're right. I was. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of who, right off the top of my head, would have started over him. But it wasn't. It wasn't a terrible decision at all. I just don't remember who. Without yeah, without looking it up and seeing yeah. what years. Um, but, uh, and I mean, you know, if you're going to have to bring somebody off the bench, I'll propose to stop that guy to bring off the bench. Yeah. Um, back to this, to maybe to wrap up a little bit, but um, we were talking about people that are coming back. Hennessy's Cabrera came back yesterday um, and they sent down James Nail. Um, I, you know, Nail actually did pretty good work, I felt like. I mean, he, you had to send, I don't, you know, understand sending down because there's only so many options you have. And if you're bringing back a Cabrera, you've got to do that. But uh, I think he made a made an impact, and he'll be back before the end of the season. Yeah, oh yeah, completely agree. Um, that's I know there was a roster crunch with Rondon, but I I thought the line of they were afraid they were going to lose Nail. Uh, it spoke volumes yesterday of why they didn't you know could pass him through waivers. So they uh, um, yeah, I agree. I think he did enough and, and he'll be back and do, I, I will probably see a lot of turnover in the bullpen by the way, but, but he's more than deserved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you guys, you know, you said you have McFarlane coming back probably in the next week and then you'll have, uh, Verhagen coming back 
probably after the All-Star break. And both of those guys may not be there very long, uh, especially McFarland. I, I got to feel like they're going to see if maybe this you know rest and re- restart will help him. But I can't imagine if he pitches like he did earlier in the season that he's there, you know, by the end of the year, if that's the case. I mean, right. I mean, I mean we've talked about it before. We thought he would have been gone by now, but um, <laughs> there, there's just, I mean, given where they're standing, especially, I don't think they can afford to, to give away games. And I don't think they can carry a guy who they can only use if they're down seven, you know, or even when they're up four or five, it's a little bit scary to use him. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I think he's going to have to pitch much more like what he pitched last year or he's not going to be around. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. That could be a fairly easy move to make the, yeah. uh, and it, it, it's funny. He, you know, Marmol uses about the same four guys. If they have the lead, then everybody else kind of picks up the pieces after that. So right. if they're not playing well, he's not going to get any appearances anyway, you know, so that, that would be, that'll be, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Just because it it is so funny of how many guys are working their way back when you you're kind of hoping that they you had never seen them back you know one of those yeah, deals with yeah. that Dickerson type situation so hopefully they come back and can prove you wrong and conform like they did the past few years. Yeah, you hope. Uh, I don't know that anybody's you know holding their breath on that, but yeah, you know things happen and again. Some adjustments and again, these are not guys that you're counting on, so that's good. Um, you know, Dickerson and, and McFarland both are guys that if they don't work out pretty soon, uh, it's not a it's not a pain to cut them. And you're not going to see a lot of them. You know, even Dickerson's not going to play much, even when he is healthy. Uh, McFarland, like we said, is probably unless he's pitching very well, is not going to get into just a whole lot of games. And I think the fact that they let Nick Nick Whit Nick Whitgren go, yeah, kind of tells you that they're they're to the point where they they don't need to carry guys just to carry guys yeah yeah that's uh i thought that move was pretty funny too after we had talked about it how uh you know it's that the life of a reliever in the in major league baseball is crazy i mean you could pitch well one day and be without a job the next yeah that's uh it's the that's the you know fluctuality of a bullpen yeah i mean and you look at you know you look at a guy like wade leblanc right he pitched well for the cardinals last year didn't get any any looks uh, this coming year? Maybe he didn't want him. I don't know. He's getting older in his career, but uh, it was a little bit surprising that a guy like that didn't, um, yeah, you know, at least sign some sort of minor league deal somewhere. Um, and he, you know, you wonder. Of course, he's not left. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, anything else we need to to hit on? It feels like maybe I've missed something important, but um, I'm not sure exactly what it is. Yeah, Saturday morning. I can't think of anything either. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of rambling. It's just uh, it's been a tough stretch. Been tough to watch. I mean, there was a couple of the Atlanta games that the lead got early, and I mean, I never do this, but I, you know, had actually yeah. turned it to another game, and I very, very rarely do that. It was just kind of the non-competitive sense. Atlanta's playing really well anyway. I feel like Philadelphia's playing really well. So, mm-hmm. get past this stretch, and hopefully, they finish out strong and uh, play well this week, and play well this weekend when we're there, and and. Uh, maybe uh, build a little momentum going into the break. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you get past the Phillies and all you have to do is, is beat the Dodgers. So yeah. um, <laughs> at least, yeah. at least we'll see the Reds. Uh, and hopefully if they're losing against the Reds, then we could just, you know, give up on it. Um, yeah. You're right. Those games. Maybe and of course, traded more than, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. Um, 
yeah, those early, those games, you know, when I, I didn't even have a chance to, to turn them on, you know, I look them up look at the score and it's, you know, six to one or seven to one or whatever. And it's like, uh, you know, and I, and I did, I, I think I watched, I know I watched some of the fourth of July game, but um, yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. When by the time you turn it on, you already, you already know that they're not going to, I mean, you know, yeah, for a little bit of morality, yeah. but you know, you know, you're just going to go into the motions there. Um, and I gotta say, I'm worried about today because it's Dakota Hudson. And I, if there's anybody, like you said earlier though, but if there's anybody I have absolutely no faith in, it's Dakota Hudson. Yeah, it's it's getting pretty tough right now. Last two starts have been really ugly. Um, mm-hmm. So the it, it, I feel like that this next stretch to finish the first half, you know, how we look at the first half is uh, is going to be big for Hudson. Yeah, yeah, he had those two what three games in a row where he pitched seven innings. Two of those were pretty good. The third one, I think he gave up six runs. Yeah. But after that, it's just not, it's been back to the same thing, right? You know, it's, you know, not throwing strikes and eventually getting hit around. I mean, again, Dakota Hudson can get away with a walk or two because of the double plays that he can get. But there's a reason he has so many double plays turned behind him. He's because he keeps putting runners on base. Yeah. Um, and that's only going to work for so long. I mean, his whips at 143. And that's, I mean, that's higher than the last couple of years. Um, but he's also not been pitched, you know, he pitched 10 games the last couple of years. Other yeah. than that, it's really in line with his, his, you know, career average. And he's not quite getting the ground balls that he was either. So, you know, I think Dakota Hudson is still young. But it's f- fair to say, given his, because we've talked about this ever since he came up, right? That he was, he was not th- striking people out in the minor leagues either. Um, it's fair to say, give it his stuff. I think this is who Dakota Hudson is and he can be valuable, but he's never going to be a guy that's, you know, more than a, more than a three and maybe not even that. Yeah. It's, I always had high expectations, but, but you know, it, every start kind of dwindles that a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. you're thinking, Let's just get, you know, you can get a guy, get you five, six innings, you know, your, your pitch count, he, who he's going to be. He's going to walk guys, get some ground balls, you know, one of those things. But he's been hit hard recently. And that's, uh, and that is what worries you a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah it, I don't know the answer. You know, that it's one of those to where your, you know, youth is going to play on his side in this. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like their confidence in his, in, in him is waning. I agree. I think we've seen some of the comments that, that Marmola said about, you know, not being competitive and, you know, learning to, you know, kind of throw strikes. Because I think they've even said his, you know, they've said his stuff is good in the zone if, you know, if he can get yeah. people to swing at it. And, you know, I don't know how accurate all that is, but for sure he's got to, you know, he's got to throw strikes. And if he's, doing, you know, if he can't throw strikes, it makes for some long games and it doesn't tend to go out, go well for him so we'll see um you know hopefully he comes out today and maybe he listens to this before the game maybe so. and uh uh comes out fired up and you know figures it all out we'll, we'll uh, yep. probably not all right well like we said like we've referenced a couple times alan and i will be in st louis next saturday for the uh what was the annual blogger day until the last couple of years at least with the pandemic uh, it's our first time to go back since uh, 2019. It's, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody and um, and having a good time at the game. 
uh, we'll have some questions for Mo. Uh, we'll have some questions probably for Bill DeWitt the third. Um, and we'll talk about those when we get back. So there'll be no show next week. I don't think Alan and I can work it into the schedule before we go. Um, so we'll, we'll come back at you in a couple of weeks with, uh, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, the all-star break and everything else back then. But until then, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. The swing and a long fly ball to left by Ozzie. He wouldn't. Would he? he did. Woo!